This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 12. We are family. Of the In Between podcast, where you'll hear conversations on marriage, parenting, faith, and everything in between. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. So you brought it back, Christina. I did. I couldn't stay away. It's so good. (laughs) Episode 10. You said you were going to be, that was going to be the last time you were going to interrupt me. Yeah, and then I found my grit somewhere. <laughs> not good. until not until episode twelve, because episode eleven, you're probably like, "What? Where is it? It's here, guys! It's, it's here back in all its glory, <laughs> yeah, in all random glory." Yep. All right. So today we're going to be talking about the importance of community because ever since graduating university, college, it's just harder and harder to make friends. It is, especially when you move around or your college friends have moved around or, um, you know, you have kids and so you're needing to move to, you know, maybe the suburbs or whatnot. You don't see your friends as often. Yeah, exactly. And for us, we have moved around a lot. Uh, I mean, I, we've lived in Five Ottawa, different Korea, Montreal. Vancouver for a little bit, Edmonton, Edmonton, and now Nashville. Right. And we've never really lived in the same city as our families long term, mm-hmm. right? Long term. So we've had to really learn over and over again how to build community and just the importance of having friends that are like family. So for the rest of this episode, we want to talk about the challenges and tips of how to build community in different stages of our lives. Yeah. So let's start with when you're engaged or first married. And you know what? Now that we're episode 12, it's been really cool interacting with uh, you, with, 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 I mean, not you, Christina, with, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was I talking was like, about Thanks. <laughs> the You're only so time sweet. we ever talk <laughs> over the microphone. Yeah. No, it's been cool. If, if you don't follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, it's at in between show. A few people have typed in in between show. Oh, have they? Yes, they have. Oh, so it is, it's our last name, M, mm-hmm. I am. So be sure to do that because it's been fun just getting to know you. And, and it's cool to see the number of engaged or planning to get married couples, as well as couples who've been married way longer than we have mm-hmm. listening to it. So, so, so as we talk about the importance of community, we'll get to if you've been married for a longer time. But actually, let's start with when you're engaged or you're first married just that importance of community. Right. And I think maybe we were in a unique situation beforehand, but now with the world being so transient, I think this is becoming more and more usual or typical. Mm. So we came from two different places. We went to two different colleges, uh, but we spent our year of engagement together in the same city. Mm -hmm. Now you were living away from all your friends and family and I was living um, in the hometown that I grew up, um, but with a lot of my friends that had moved away. So we both kind of had to find a group of friends that we both 
would get to know and yeah. did not have, you know, that much history. And and that's that, that was really hard for me that very first year because all I really had was you. And mm-hmm. a little bit about myself, I, I know some people might think I'm very extroverted, but I'm actually quite introverted. And growing up, I had the same friends uh, at that I grew up with since I was kids. Like babies. Yeah, babies that we grew up together. And yeah, I mean, I had some friends, new friends, you know, here at school and grades would change and all that stuff. But I had the same set of friends all the way through to second year university. And then I went and I transferred uh, to Ottawa so mm-hmm. that I could be closer to you. So, so even at school, <laughs> right? So even even at the University of Ottawa, everyone already, I mean, everyone was in third year. They were all friends, Right. Everyone already knew each other. Right. And it was really hard for me to break in and to develop those. And, and you had all your friends. And, you know, I, I kind of wanted to be friends. I mean, I didn't have any friends. <laughs> right. So I was like, well, your friends are kind of fun, but I'd rather just spend time with you. Right. And I don't have as much to do or, or a lot of connection with your friends. So it was it was hard. It was hard for me personally, and and I don't think we really realized that going into it all. No, I don't think we realized how much of um, hard work it takes to mesh two lives together in many different respects, but especially friends. And so, yes, I wanted to spend time with you, of course, but at the same time, I didn't want to come across to my friends that I was like ditching them for, you know, the the new guy on the block or whatnot. So it was, it's really a balance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. So if you are engaged or uh, newly married or in the first couple of years of marriage, it's something, honestly, this is a conversation that you should be having with your spouse, Mm -hmm. right? Actually, actually just sit down and be like, okay, these are my friends, (laughs) right? These are my friends. And then, and then your spouse could say, well, these are my friends. Mm -hmm. And then actually sit down and be like, okay, are there any of my friends that you want to, that you really like connecting with? And I mean, do it, in the privacy of your home, so you're right. not <laughs> offending any of your friends. But really, really have that honest conversation because I don't necessarily just, I mean, and here's the thing. If you have couple friends, just because, just because, Christina, you have, like, you get along with the wife mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I get along with the husband. Yes. And vice versa. Yes, exactly. And that can be tough, too. I think that's a whole other thing that we can unpack as well, that uh, being a couple means that... You know, you have to find the couple friends that you both get along yes. with or else then, you know, maybe I want to spend time with this, the wife. And you're like, ah, I don't really want to spend time with the husband or mm-hmm. it's awkward or we don't really have anything in common. And it doesn't mean you you don't ever spend time with people if you don't if the couples don't match up that well and that's why in episode seven we talk about the block system so we actually have friends like that here in nashville (laughs) we're not going to name any names (laughs) Uh, but everywhere we've lived we've we've had this sense where it's like okay these are my friends that i'm going to hang out with maybe i'll go i'll go play basketball with or Mm -hmm. i'll you know go out and and we'll do like a guy's night and then you'll go out and and do coffee or or this or that right with Mm -hmm. with your friends but once we find couple friends that we both get along with, then that's gold, right? It's like, yes. oh, let's have them over Saturday night. Let's have them over. Let's do games together. And we'll really strive to to cultivate that friendship until they move. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which always seems to happen to us, right? Well, it's either they're moving or we're moving. So like I said, the world is so transient now. Um, so we're finding even our own. We've been in Nashville for 
uh, three and a half years now almost. And it's about every two years where we feel like another set of really good friends are moving on for whatever reason. They're all good reasons, thankfully, um, for different jobs or wanting to be closer to family, etc. But that's a little bit hard, don't you say? It is. It's painful. It really it is. is. I mean, in uh, the acknowledgments of my book, <laughs> it was funny, I... I remember referencing one of our friends. Uh, it's actually one of our first friends that were that we that we made here in Nashville. Yes, and they went and they moved to to Chattanooga. Yes, Jeremy, I am talking about you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I hate you. I hate that you're leaving. Uh, and I mean, we haven't we we connect. And actually, actually I'm going to see him next week mm-hmm. out in Houston. So that'll be fun getting together with him uh, for work stuff. But I mean, it's it's painful. And the 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 thing that the, the last thing that I want to do when friends that we've really developed a good relationship with leave is start over again. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't want to. I'm just like, well, forget it. I don't even need them. <laughs> right. I was like, well, that no, is a I, defense. I, yes. Mechanism. No, it is a defense mechanism. <laughs> and you know what? We have uh, actually done Skype calls uh, with friends in different cities that we've lived mm-hmm. in trying to keep up. And when we talk to them, it is fun. And it's like we never left or they never left. Precisely. But the Skype calls are fewer and farther between just because life gets busy. You're so right, Daniel, when you're talking about it's tough to start over. And at the same time, maybe there's a part of us that's like, yeah, why are we even trying? Like, we'll move or they'll move, et cetera, et cetera. Let's just binge Netflix and, uh, you know, we'll be fine. (laughs) They'll be our friends. You know, the the, uh, Jack Pearson and his family will be our friends. (laughs) (laughs) The in-between podcast will be my friends in the car. (laughs) We will, we will. (laughs) Yes, we won't go anywhere. Exactly. But um, I think another point to make is that yes we do see the true value of friendships and so we will continue to try and to invest but it's important uh, not to compare friendships since they're going to be different no two friendships are going to be exactly the same but that's the beauty of them it is it is and I think that's a really important thing to remember It, it, it really is we can't compare friendships with one another otherwise we'll never be able to find friends Mm-hmm. Because no one is ever going to, I mean, everyone is so unique and there's such a, a unique dynamic that happens when couples come together because mm-hmm. it's not just the guys and the girls connecting, but it's that couple, you know, the the the, the, inter- the interaction of the couples. And if you have kids, it just throws in another dynamic. So to compare, you're just setting yourself up for failure. So let's say you're there, right? You're, you're, you're newly moved to a city or maybe you are. You've been living in that city for a long time, but you haven't really ever found those couple friends. What can we do, Christina? Uh, what what kind of advice and, and some maybe helpful suggestions that we've tried and tested can we share with our listeners on how to find couple friends? Well, the the big one that's worked for me is I've uh, reactivated my MySpace account. Oh, and Friendster. Yeah. Don't forget about that either. <laughs> Shut, who cares about Facebook? Seriously. <laughs> I was listening to MC Hammer today, so it just kind of seems like it's, you know, oh, the world goes around and around. <laughs> oh, when are those hammer pens going to yeah. come back in? <laughs> Please and thank you. I have mine in the attic. <laughs> All right. But but seriously, when to find couple of friends, I think one of the easiest ways to do it is to do things that you like or do things that mean a lot to you. And while you do that, just have your eyes open and see who else is doing it. Mm-hmm. 
So for instance, you know, if you like to be out in nature, Mm -hmm. like go hiking with your family or go to the park or um, if you enjoy sports together, go to a game or, you know, maybe your kids play sports as well. So you're going to be on the sidelines and take the time to look who's beside you, right? A lot of times I feel like we're so tunnel visioned that we forget that there's an actual human being sitting next to us or standing next to us. And I know sometimes it's really awkward to just be like, oh, hey, but. Yeah, I mean, the last 10 years, it's it's really changed quite a bit, hasn't it? I mean, I don't want to sound like a really old person or anything like that. We are pretty old. But but, (laughs) but honestly, even as we compare what it was like when our eldest, when Victoria was doing soccer for the first time, Mm -hmm. compared to now she's doing soccer again or, or when they're in gymnastics. Now, literally everyone's on their phone. Yeah. Like no one talks to each other anymore. Yeah. Whereas even like seven years ago, right? Six, seven Did years ago. Did we even bring our phone to her first soccer game? I don't even know if we took pictures. I think we brought like our old school camera. I think I'm so. Serious. I mean, it does make us sound old. Yeah. But <laughs> that was one. Of, I mean, we actually had a, I mean, it, it never ended up being a couple friend, but we actually developed some really good friends when Victoria was playing soccer the first time and and doing gymnastics or doing this and doing that because people just didn't default pull out their phone. I mean, honestly, even if you're on an elevator these days Mm -hmm. and the elevator ride is like five floors or three floors, everyone's natural instinct is to pull out their phone. It's also, I think personally, a defense mechanism too, Mm, right? Like who wants to feel awkward? Who wants to be like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know where to look. Well, uh, let's go see what my friends are doing on Facebook. Yeah, precisely. And it's, I'm, I'm listening to this book right now. The title, I think it's something about like the 12 ways that your phone changes you. Oh, that sounds intriguing. Yeah. This last chapter, I wanted to turn it off. I'm listening to it. Okay. I wanted to turn it off the whole time because it was just so convicting. Oh, because it was you just, hate that. It, it is because the, the person was saying the, the and we'll put it in the show notes, go to inbetween.org backslash episode 12. And if you go to the site, you can get a ton of our links and downloads and all that stuff that we have there. But the, the reason I wanted to turn it off and the thing that really popped out to me was the fact that, hey, here you are at a sidelines of a sporting game or you are in the midst of real people and when you're on your phone looking at Facebook, you are choosing to look at the past of other people's lives (gasps) rather than engaging in the present of your life. Oh, (laughs) what a dagger to the heart. Right? Right. Right. Because it really is. I mean, what is Facebook and Instagram? And I I mean, I love Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, don't get us wrong. Yeah, don't. But... It's so true. You're looking at everyone's past life. I mean, not past life. That kind of sounds <laughs> yeah. You know, but but their life in the past mm-hmm. rather than engaging with people in the present. And usually their highlight reel too, right? Oh, the best totally, parts of their, totally. <laughs> of their day. Or Precisely. Their so <laughs> the next time you're at your kid's sporting event or the next time if you don't have kids, you are on the bus going to work or you are at, you know, doing a picnic or you're, or you're somewhere keep your eyes up mm-hmm. don't don't use instagram later gram it right hashtag <laughs> later gram no honestly right later gram it and and engage with the people around you because that's that's honestly one of the best ways to meet couple friends yeah but don't be weird about it right? yes don't be like the person who's like <laughs> hi hey hey you get off your phone yeah. we're gonna talk now oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah don't and don't stare at people <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, to try to get them to look yes. up at you? Yeah, you're uh, just like, oh, oh, those people look really friendly. I'm going to smile until they look up at me. That's weird. Guys, don't <laughs> be weird. And then when they, when they look up at you, you just wave. <laughs> uh, hashtag bizarre. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, moving on from all our hashtags. <laughs> uh, another place that Daniel and I have really found um, community, no matter where we've moved, whether different cities, different countries, uh, is at church. Mm-hmm. That's actually been the number one place uh, other than work. It, it really has been the number one place for both of us to get to know other people that we have like, uh, you know, like mind with, like passions, like faith with. So it's it's been a really fun time because in, in a church community, yes, there's the, the, the worship service that happens with the music and, and preaching and the connection, but before and after, there's a lot of opportunity just to connect. Mm-hmm. Right. And and we were in a, a life group together, a smaller group that meets in the in kind of on Wednesday nights that we connect with During the week. Uh, other people. And it's and it's a way for us to get to know other couples and meet on a regular basis and study the Bible together. So that's been a, a huge uh, one, one of the best ways for us to meet other meet other friends. Oh, completely. But I will have to say too, for this next point, like regardless if you, you know, you show up at church or whatnot, I don't think you're going to instantly make friends. No. Like no. you're, you're going to be able to have that kind of that awkward time to be like, okay, say hi to like five people around you and shake their hands. Like that's not how you make friends. But, mm. um, the point is that really you need to be a friend to make a friend. Yes. So you need to take that initiation. Uh, and also you need to kind of put yourself out there mm-hmm. to be like, I want to be your friend. I want to listen to you. I want to hear you. I want to be a part of your life, not just on Sundays or not just, you know, once a month or whatnot, but really take the time to get to know them. And I think a lot of that is listening. It is. It is. And going, I mean, eating together. Mm-hmm. Right. So our church this last Sunday had a had a church picnic, and sometimes churches do that. Otherwise, if there are other people that you connect with, or maybe you're sitting and there are other people that you have seen over and over again, and, and maybe your kids are friends with one another, or there's some sort of activity that happens, be like, hey, let's go out to eat. You I mean, we all got to eat after you know, in the afternoon for, mm-hmm. for, for lunch on Sunday, why don't you just go eat together? And the opportunities like that are just a, a great way to just get to know other people mm-hmm. and see, doesn't mean that you're going to eat out together and all of a sudden be best friends, <laughs> but it's something that you feel out. Yes. So yeah, make that initial contact, the initial invitation. Don't be afraid of rejection because some people may not want to or they're too busy or whatnot. That's okay too. And just, you know, keep asking and... um, Don't be desperate. (laughs) I didn't know how else to say that, but (laughs) there it is. (laughs) Hashtag, don't go out to lunch with someone and be like, hey, you want to go on a vacation together? Right. You seem really cool. Okay, let's do it. No. No. (laughs) The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. 
Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. (laughs) So another part of making friends and getting to know each other is, um, we call it embracing casual dinners. So that means that I know sometimes people are like, I don't want to invite others to my house because then they're going to see my mess. They're going to see the crumbs in uh, the cutlery drawer. They're going to see that I don't necessarily vacuum every two seconds. They're going to see the dust on the fans. Uh, or and then I don't want to spend like ten hours getting ready and make Wait, this did you lavish just talk meal. About our house right now? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> You're looking. At I was looking dusty around. Matter. I'm like, okay, so what can I name off that? I'd be like, oh, don't look there. I don't do look need there. To dust those <laughs> We're not using them yet. It's okay. <laughs> we will soon. Yeah. Anyway, all that to say is that be okay with who you are, really. And be okay with serving just a simple dinner or a simple meal, like um, have pizza, like yeah. order pizza, get a pre-made salad, you know, from a grocery store, buy a dessert, whatnot. The main point isn't to impress these new friends or even impress any sort of friends, uh, no matter how long you get to know them. It's to spend time together and to break bread together. Yeah. So don't allow all of that. Um, I don't know, all of the Instagram worthy, like, oh, my house isn't Instagram worthy or my meals aren't Instagram worthy. Who cares? It's true. And what's interesting is if you if if every time you invite people over, your house is super clean, Pinterest like the meals are gourmet and all this and, and you're just you just been working your butt off to try to make it like that. What's interesting is you're actually preventing other people from inviting you over oh completely like i can't i can't live up to those standards i don't want to live up to those standards exactly and when's the last time you went over to someone else's house someone else was gonna invited you over someone else provided the meal when's the last time you went over and you were disappointed with the meal never right i mean even if it was a simple meal Right. And nothing fancy. When, Even if they served me crackers and water, man. I mean, you're. <laughs> yeah, crackers. <laughs> yeah, well, prison. <laughs> prison. Yeah. <laughs> Last time you visited someone in prison. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> but but seriously, right. I mean, when's the last time? And, and, and I feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. when we would be 100 percent OK with a pizza from Aldi, right? Oh, yeah. Or a pizza from the grocery store. And and like completely okay with it. I actually like pizza from Aldi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like crumbs in your drawer, so no worries. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's I Christina, I love I love this. You you were mentioning your friends that actually serve the same meal every time. Yes. So I think this is genius. And I need to find a meal that we all love that we're going to keep doing this. So they have um, a regular friends that come over to their house or they go to their house and they've decided uh, no matter which house they go to, they are always going to serve the same meal so that they can just call each other and be like, hey, are you free? Yeah, uh, let's have dinner. Okay. And they'll just pick up the ingredients and make them together. And it's just one less barrier to having someone over. And I think that was just a fabulous idea. Yeah. The important thing is that you're spending time together, right? Eating helps with that. But honestly, don't fret over it. And if you don't have time to prepare before they come, 
just have that in the expectation be like hey let's actually prepare the meal together if mm-hmm. you guys can bring the salad i'm just gonna be whipping some stuff up and and just talk and and have it don't don't necessarily be like hey you guys sit have a drink hang out on the couch actually just have the entire you know have half of your hangout time be cooking together mm-hmm. i mean that'd be a fun uh, couple's date night yeah i think so too or even just like hey you randomly bring whatever you have left over in your pantry and fridge and i'll oh, do the same such and a we'll good just idea. See, like, make left- some weird nachos or like some smorgasbord soup yes yeah let's or do that mexican rice just throw whatever you want and put in there that's true add some cheese there you go salsa, salsa. block <laughs> We're ready to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Another thing that we've done to develop community and, and grow in community, and this is this is this one was, I guess, something that we've really turned to everywhere we live because we haven't had family where mm-hmm. we've lived, mm-hmm. and it and it's been to celebrate major holidays with other people, and and it's so easy because what we would actually do is we would ask other people who don't have family and we know they also don't have family and be like hey do you want to do easter together or hey do you want to do thanksgiving Mm -hmm. or just some of these meals and if you have a hard time trying to reach out to other people and 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 you think it's awkward having someone over for a meal this is a really easy place to start because who doesn't want to be with friends over 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 holidays when mm-hmm. usually we would spend it with family. Mm-hmm. And then if you're, you know, how sometimes you're like, I don't really know these people. Um, what if there's kind of like lags, silence? So maybe invite, you know, a few different couples or a, yeah. a few different families over and sort of have an already right there. It makes it more casual. Do like a buffet style, help yourself kind of thing. Everybody brings a side dish or a dessert and... Um, there you can spend time together, getting to know one another and celebrating the holiday together. Precisely. Now, we all understand why it's good to have friends. I mean, who wants to be a loner anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but we all know we've all had friends in our life that we could turn to. And at some point in our life, we we experienced the value of friendship as we get older because of moving, you know, you moving or other people moving. It's hard to always have that. Right. And, and we would be naive to think that every one of you have deep, meaningful friendships where you live and even less are going to have deep, meaningful couple friends where you live. Mm-hmm. So to to kind of move along to the end of the podcast, what we wanted to do is just share a few ideas and thoughts around the importance of couple friends and why it's not just something that we should be neglecting. Yes. And I think... Um this really comes apparent when we've gone through some really difficult times. Uh, most recently, I wouldn't say the most difficult time, but most recently, we just, if you've been following uh, our Instagram or our Facebook, you've heard about our um, tragic, <laughs> awful car ride home oh, yeah. from Chicago, which was supposed to take eight hours and it was supposed to be the easiest leg of our trek back uh, into Nashville. Yeah, the eight hour drive was the shortest drive for us. <laughs> yes, I think altogether we did 48 hours of driving, but this was the last leg. It's supposed to be super easy. We'd probably maybe take two stops, once for lunch and once for dinner. Yeah, and if that you missed that travel hacks for driving episode, be sure to go back and, mm-hmm. and listen to that mm-hmm. one because... 
we did a lot of it, but it was... But there were some <laughs> unexpected digestive issues, oh, let's say goodness. that, where we were stopping every hour, um, going to the restroom and like switching off driving so one of us could sleep and one of us could drive. And then, you know, it was awful. Anyway, so I put out a prayer request and a Facebook um, saying like, hey, this is what's going on. Please pray that we actually make it home because you had to be home for uh, um, an obligation that you needed to be there for. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, we get texts from our life group and friends saying, yes, we're going to pray for you, but what do you need? And so even before we were home, our friends dropped off our dog that they were dog sitting so we wouldn't have to go pick him up. Um, people dropped off soup. They dropped off Gatorade. Um, people dropped Barbecue, off meals. meals. Yeah. yeah. Went to Costco for us. Yes. <laughs> like there's so many ways where we were felt so loved and so thankful for our community. Um, people dropped off like bleach and gloves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been phenomenal to see you know, that um, the friendship goes both ways. It does. It does. And it's it's those moments when you need the help that you realize whether or not you have a support system, mm -hmm. whether or not you have community. So, so why not when you are not in need, when you are not uh, sick and throwing up or, or on the can? I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like why, why wait until then? To be like, okay, yes, I do need to make friends. Why not start now when things are going well and be intentional about it? And it's not going to happen overnight. No. Right? It may not even happen in a couple weeks or in a month. It may take half a year. It may take a year. But if we're open to engaging in relationships, we're open to connecting with others while you're at an activity and you have your your head up rather than down at your phone, mm -hmm. it, you're, you're going to take steps there i love how you put it christina you got to be a friend right to mm -hmm. make friends you got to be a friend mm -hmm. right so what does it look like for you to seek to serve others uh, so that uh, during those times when things are tough you can reap the benefits uh, so to say right or when things are going well like you know you got a new job or um a new baby has entered your family that you are able to share those uh, great times with friends as well yeah there's one thing that i really wanted to share and th this was just around the whole idea of trust and the older you get, the more situations that you experience where people break your trust, where mm -hmm. they, you, it was supposed to be a secret. It was supposed to be just between you guys. And it was, they went and blabbed, right? Or you said something in confidence and next, next, next thing everyone knew about it. And, and we, we, we experienced this. I mean, it's not just on the playground, yeah. right? When you're playing truth or dare, but it's, as you get older, it just happens. And people can be malicious, people can be naive, but in the end, we break one another's trust. Mm -hmm. I mean, even for the people that we love, right? Even, even, even to one another, to your spouse, you will break one another's trust. Mm -hmm. You'll hurt each other. You'll hurt each other, right? So one of the things that I really wanted to share here is it's, it's, it's so important that we just because you're someone has broken your trust doesn't mean you shouldn't trust other people. Mm -hmm. Right. So that, that well, I wanted to share that. That's a good point. That you still need to, even if other people have broken your trust, you still need to trust others, but don't ever place your ultimate trust in another person. 
even your spouse. Mm -hmm. And I know we think, hey, who closer to you should there be than your spouse? But your spouse is a flawed human being, just like you're a flawed human being. Completely. And if you place your ultimate trust in another human being, you will be disappointed. Yes. And that's really not fair to your spouse either, that they are um, your be all end all. That's a lot of pressure. It is. It really is. So don't alt don't place your ultimate trust in another person for Christina and I as as Christians our ultimate trust is in God. It says in the Bible, trust in the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? I, I mean, do not turn aside, you know, keep your eyes on him. So so there's this aspect of hey, we are placing our ultimate trust in the person who will never let us down. Mm-hmm. And who has shown throughout history and in our lives that he is there and he is with us. But I also have a high level of trust for Christina and I do trust other people, but I don't trust everyone the same. Mm-hmm. Right. So trusting someone and not trusting someone is not a black or white issue. There's levels of trust. Yes. And if someone has broken your trust, it doesn't mean that you should throw them away to the side But if they break your trust over and over and over and over and over again, and you keep on giving them 100% unconditional trust, well, then that's abuse. (laughs) Yeah. And that's something that you need to reevaluate why you are, you know, putting your trust or hope in them. So I love what one of my friends said. Um, This is what her counselor said was like, you know, not everyone you meet deserves a seat at your inner table. Mm. That that is something that is earned and that happens over time. Exactly, exactly. So as we close out the podcast, remember, um, it's, it's, we do need to trust others. And, and the way that you develop community, the way that you develop friendships, meaningful friendships where you can serve them, they can serve you, and, and there's just that, that meaningful community there in that friendship the only way that that can be developed is if you trust one another mm-hmm. and if that grows. But look at it, think about it like a tennis match, right? You got to grow in your trust. You got to keep on growing in your trust as you law back and forth. It's a little bit of a tango, mm-hmm. but I just having my trust been broken a lot of times and and just experiencing that hurt. It's uh, my, my natural default is I don't want to trust other people. But I realize if I don't trust other people, I'm going to find myself alone as an old, cranky, grumpy old man, uh, grumpy old man. (laughs) And no, and I'm going to need help and no one's going to want to help me. Yes, true. And now that, like we said, that building trust takes time. And I think that's built over, you know, dinner after dinner, whether it be pizza or, you know, a 10 course meal, um, coffee after coffee, basketball game after basketball game that I don't think there's any um, quote unquote, like quick fix or hack to being a friend or building a friendship. Yeah, there are no hacks. Yeah, it's not like when you're kids and you could bond over like in the same color. If only it were so easy, right? Or for guys, you just get in a fight and next time you're, you know, the next thing you know, you're friends, <laughs> which I have several experiences doing that. <laughs> we need to really have a long, long-term long perspective, right? A longer perspective in creating and investing into friendships. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that you can do today is say, okay, what can I do to be more intentional in spending time with other people who like doing what I'm doing? Who around me right now do I have a surface friendship with that as couples, we actually both like each other. We just don't know if we're going to be really good friends because we just haven't had them over Mm -hmm. or we haven't spent a lot of time together. 
get on your phone, text them. If there's a holiday coming up or, or a game coming up or, or something coming up, just, just text them and be like, hey, do you want to all, all hang out together and begin that way? Mm-hmm. So take that first initiative step. Precisely, precisely. Now, be sure to go to inbetween.org backslash episode 12 to get the to sh- the show notes of this episode. And if you're not connected with us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, be sure to go to at inbetween show. And if you've not yet left us a rating and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please do so because we read every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And it does help us get get better as hosts and i mean if you have ideas for future episodes leave that in the review as well or reach out reach out to us on social media we'd love to share with that Mm -hmm. so join us next time on episode 13 where we will be talking about how to help hurting people i know sometimes when we have friends that are going through things and we're like i don't know what to say so i'll just say like i'm thinking of you or praying for you um i was able to interview my best friend who went through postpartum depression and we are able to talk about practical ways of how to help people who are hurting in your life so we'll catch you next time This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast. Two clergy of different traditions, Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman, discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.